Yes, hello, hi, how are you doing? My name is Gary Clayton. I'm a teacher of mathematics at um, Pompano Beach High School. My favorite teacher when I was growing up, I think was Miss Keppel from Mandeville All Age School in Jamaica. As a child, I think it was the care that she gave, which was important. Um, and when I moved further up the rank, into the second grade I had the worst teacher in my entire history till this day so you know I know Miss Keppel was the one I've had a lot of great teachers since then a lot of great teachers but somehow Miss Keppel was the one who started this all for me Hello teachers from around the world and welcome to the Legendary Educator Podcast, where we discuss everything related to education. I'm your host, Mr. Ramis. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you, and I hope you check out past episodes and stick around for future episodes, because we have a lot of important topics we'll be discussing in the coming weeks. If you're a returning listener, well then you're a champ. I truly appreciate it, and so will your students. Mr. Clayton, thank you for your time today and for joining me on Legendary Educator. Thank you for having me. We were chatting the other day about education, obviously, and you had um, told me that you had a method, a secret recipe, if you will, for teaching students who don't want to learn, a student who's reluctant, who's in the classroom and is just not interested in you or what you have to say. And I was very interested in you know, actually having a chat about this and about your research-based methodology on how to teach a student who does not want to learn. And so can you share that with us, please? This is a long time coming. I tell you, it didn't start this way at all. It started with a lot of errors or mistakes or just started with doing what um, I was told by my supervisors to do. Like um, some of the things were visit professional teachers' classroom who are teaching the subject for a while, visiting my supervisor, see how they are teaching, go to workshops, professional development I've done for years. But I came back and the results were the same. And I was, I think I'm doing it correctly because, you know, but the results were the same. So what was missing in your observations in their classrooms, the classes that you observed? One is classroom management. Two, the students were not learning. Still. Still. Even a class that the kids are, you know, quiet, mm. they still weren't learning. So I didn't like what I see. So I started to do, you know, my own little... I wasn't a researcher then because mm. I didn't know anything about research. I was still at FAU trying to do a master's or, you know. But the students were not learning. So I pondered that for years. And I'm teaching... No learning taking place. Mm. So something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is teaching. No learning is taking place. I said, wait a minute. Teaching, learning. Teaching, learning. Nothing is happening. They're not learning. So I came up with what was actually what I've been using till this day. Mm. Sir, I stopped teaching. (laughs) You retired. No. (laughs) You gave up. No. I actually started when I stopped 
<laughs> Literally, okay. I started to see results when I stopped teaching. Mm-hmm. So you may ask, what were you doing? Right? I, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to ask. Yeah, what, what were you doing? Explain to us. What do you mean you stopped teaching? Yeah. Where did so, you go? On vacation? <laughs> no, I was still in the classroom, but mm. I wasn't teaching anymore. Mm. Because why teach if there's no learning taking place? Mm-hmm. I stopped teaching and started to do something else. And that is, I started to train the students how to learn. That was the methodology. They did not know how to learn. And I started doing that. Mm. How did I do that? Um, a couple of researchers before did the flipped classroom methodology. Right. So I used, from, through my research, I looked at it, that and got some ideas from there. So what I did was, the first thing, in order to teach the students how to learn, I came up with a methodology called SDT, self-directed training. Okay. And I drilled this on them. You came up with this yourself? Yes, mm-hmm. SDT. This is not something we could find in a book? No. Hmm. Self-directed. I've seen self-directed learning hmm. coming up, popping up in researches, hmm. but I first came up with this SDT hmm. because they say learning, but there was no learning taking place, remember? So we have to train them because if you take a look at it, if you when you finish your schooling and you go on a job, are they teaching you? No. What are they doing? They're training. They're training you. Right. So why are we teaching the kids when you go out there in the world and you're going to be trained? You're not going to be hired. If you, if you When you put your resume into a job, you are already qualified for the job. Did you know that? Because mm. if you weren't qualified, you wouldn't put your resume in. Right. So they're not going to teach you. They're going to train you mm. on the methodology in that area, what to do with your learn with whatever you've had already, with mm. the content. Right. So I put that in. And mix that into the bowl. So I stopped teaching and started training the students how to learn. I told one of the um, you know higher heads that, and they looked at me like, okay, he's ready to be get fired now. You're <laughs> going to have to let him go. It's time to go. Yeah, it's time yeah, to go. He yeah. stopped teaching. But when the results mm. came out, mm. they were in shock. So how do I do this? I give the students all the tools necessary for the content before it is taught. Such as? Video notes. Mm. The homework, practice tests, practice quiz, study guide, write-outs. We call it write-outs where they write out the content from the textbook before the lesson is taught. Peer-to-peer into um, working with each other. Teacher-to-peer, one-on-one in, um, tutoring with me or tutoring with the National Honor Society. Mm-hmm. So there are 10 things that are placed before the student before the lesson is taught. And they choose out of them, or are they all required before? I, I have a, a worksheet mm-hmm. called um, Preparation for a Lesson. Okay. So they will check off which ones they need. They Okay, so they they will choose based on their needs. On their needs. Not all of them are required? Not all of them are required. Okay. The ones that are required are the video notes. Okay. What, the study guide. what do you mean video notes? The video notes are, I will post a video about the content of the lesson. The kids watch the video. Take notes on the video. Whatever is on the video, they will write it down. That's mm-hmm. their notes. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm lecturing, you can't write. I can't stop for you to draw a circle and write the equation of a circle and then write the definition and the proofs. So they should already have this from they the video. They should have this from the video. When they come to sit in front of me, guess what happens? Mm. Their notes are already in front of them. In front of them. And mm. some are already finished with the homework mm. and the study guide. 
and did the practice quiz. Mm. So when they come to sit in front of me, they're looking at me, um, Mr. Clayton, what's next? Mm. So that is self-directed training. I'm training them how to move forward because they always the kids are always complaining that the teacher didn't teach me this. Right. Now that's out the window. Mm. You can teach yourself. Mm. And these videos you make yourself or are no, they like it's YouTube already, videos? Are they I use YouTube videos. I use if I have to make a video I will. But yeah, it's sure. already there. Right. And okay. some are much better than what I thought of. I'm sure. like, oh, great. Sure. I'm uh. going to use it. It's for the benefit of the child and right. for their learning. Mm-hmm. And we want the content to be rich, engaging, and we want the content to make sure that they remember, recollect. We want to go back to um, Bloom's Taxonomy. We mm-hmm. want to climb up that Bloom's Taxonomy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just stay on the bottom remembering and, and um, knowledge. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure we can analyze, synthesize, and stuff like that. Okay. So... One thing at a time. So they are going to watch the video that you have posted on the website or on the school's website, whatever, mm-hmm. on the or on the lesson plan or the curriculum plan. Yes. They are going to take notes on the video. Yes. That is going to sort of introduce the topic to them. Yes. There are some exercises, some uh, you know, homework questions. Mm-hmm. And so when they go to class, they already have a very decent introduction if there are any gaps, that's what you teach, not that's, the entire lesson A to Z. Yes. So that's what I don't teach. That's what I go in to train them. Because uh, let me interject into my um, growth here. Mm. I came up with an idea. Mm. There are three levels for students to learn. If you're a teacher, you haven't started yet. Teachers should be at three different levels. Teachers. To, teachers. Okay. To have students um, achieving their best. Okay. If you are a teacher, you haven't started yet. The next so if you're a teacher, <laughs> you are still you're at still the start at, line. You're still at the bottom. At the bottom. You're still at the bottom. Interesting. Okay. Uh, now, uh, the next By step, the way, listeners, yes. this is all Mr. Clayton's uh, <laughs> you know, opinion. Please don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is all based on research that I've done through FAU. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying here is not something that I'm just throwing out and rambling about. Right. Level two, what's level two? Level two is an instructor. Okay, okay. Now you're getting there where the students, this is where the flip classroom methodology start taking right, shape. Right, mm-hmm. So now you're an instructor. Mm-hmm. So you're instructing them on what to do, mm-hmm. even though you're guiding them at yes. the same time. Right. Now the next level where I'm at is I'm a researcher. Mm. My classroom has now become a playground. Don't you rather play than work? When I go to school, I want to play. I don't want to go there and teach. Mm. I want to go and play with the kids. Yeah, talk all day, lecture talk, all day, le- right? Yeah. Play with them, have fun, make mm. them happy, mm. you know, engage these students in these rich dialogue. I'm playing because I'm a researcher. Look, what does that mean though? Like, what do it you do in the classroom? Everything that I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm taking a mental picture or I'm writing it down okay. to see how that growth mindset takes place in each child mm-hmm. because I have an idea that I want to work on. So I'm using all my tricks and my trades to get it out front mm-hmm. and see how the students react without having putting down anything on paper just to see how it works. So when I go to school and I remember one morning some teachers said, why, you know, why is he always so happy? What's wrong with him? Because they came to teach, I came to play. So that's what I do with the kids. So as I said, I don't teach, I train them how to learn. Mm-hmm. Once the kids have all this set in place, I start teaching from scratch, from, you know, training them from scratch as if they had never seen the video notes, the 
and that is they have never seen it because some kids will not do any of what's required okay you will always have that I wanted to interrupt this awesome interview to personally thank you for checking out Legendary Educator. I hope you're enjoying this episode and finding benefit in it to take back to your classroom. You know, creating a podcast and producing weekly episodes is actually pretty demanding. It takes time, energy, and yes, even some cost. But fear not, there is a way to support the podcast. Actually, two ways. The first thing you can do is go check out legendaryeducator.com slash resources, where I've compiled a whole list of products and services that are useful to teachers. You never know, you may find something that's just right for you, like discount school supply for your school supplies, lesson plan it for prepared lesson plans, or better help for online therapy. Using the links on my website won't cost you anything. You may actually end up saving, but it will give me a little kickback to help support the channel. And if you don't find anything you like, you can just make a small donation by going to legendaryeducator.com slash donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. A buck a show. Sounds like a good deal. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. I mean, I was just going to ask you about that. I mean, there is the homework and the assignments and the syllabus and the curriculum, yeah. but you're still going to have a couple of kids in your class of course. who... I mean, their excuses, I forgot, or yes. I was too busy, yeah. or or like whatever excuse, but at the end of the day, they are just not interested. They're just not interested. Okay. And each each section gets graded. Right. If you don't do the video notes, well, there goes that grade. You know, if you don't do the practice test, which you don't have to the practice test, it's not a grade, but there are practice tests and quizzes built in. Mm. And sometimes I give them back the same practice test or the practice quiz as was posted. Okay. So they are going to go ahead and take a look at it or do it because they're noticing that, oh, wait, is that the same thing he gave us back? Hmm. Yes, it is. Did you take a look at it? No. That's why you have that grade. I like how your lesson plan is structured where the student is the one who's going to start and then you're going to come in, fill in the gaps. And so it's, it's, it's basically double lesson. One lesson is, is their own independent learning. And then it's the teacher's input, the instruction, if you will, the right. second level, as you called it. Right. And the yeah. third level is the advanced level is where you instruct, but you're also researching. You're also analyzing how to make the instruction better. Yes. Okay. And so this takes us to the students who aren't going to do that, who mm. don't, uh, who just don't care about mm. that. And so the question here is, how do you engage these students who are not following your lesson plans? Well, it will be graded each level that they have. And once they saw seeing the grade, because they really want their grade, it's not adding up to where they want it to be, they will start doing the work. I have seen that done before. What if I'm a kid who is not interested in the grade and so i'm not interested in very simple <laughs> in you or your lesson or Good. what you have to say perfect mm. uh, that's supposed to happen mm-hmm. in the classroom if you just sit in this rich environment you will get what's going on mm. why around my classroom has all whiteboards mm-hmm. the students are the ones who go up to the board and work all the problems out you'll have a group here a group here and another group here mm-hmm. or i'll take another group and do a reteach Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're sitting like, like for that, the weaker students, yes, right, right. yes, mm-hmm. I always have my reteach board. Okay, so for for the weaker students, if they're not 
if they're just sitting there, which mm. you can't sit because everybody's up on the board. Everyone's moving. Everyone is moving. Mm-hmm. So everyone will see you sitting. Even if they just want to stand up and look, mm-hmm. guess what? They're going to get something from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So they can't escape the richness of the classroom because what happens now is their friends are telling them, um, tighten up, son. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, Mr. Clayton taught you the whole thing. Come on. Let's, let's go, son. Let's go. All their friends are up on the board Everybody and they're discussing running. and they're playing, as you say, and, yes. and, and, and they're learning. And, you know, and the one or two kids are just sitting down there at first, maybe defiant. Yes. But then eventually, eventually, they're going to feel like, you know, what am I doing <laughs> here? Right? I look bad, right? Yes. Yeah. And what makes it even worse is the same practice test that's online is the same one that was given back in class. Mm-hmm. Wow, you didn't take a look at it? Hmm. Are, who are you going to blame for that? Right. Um, parents comes in. Oh, mom, here's the worksheet. Mom, here's the test. Here, here it was online. I even go a step further. I post announcements for every week. It tells them what's due, what I'm going to teach. It's, uh, the setup is instructor's task, student's task. Mm-hmm. And within my instruct, instructor's task, I tell them, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This is my new lecture. Student tasks, students should be doing study guide, students should be doing this, students should be finishing up section 3.1 homework, this will be due, special note at the bottom, please remember there's a quiz on da la la day. Right. So they go into that and they can see what the week looks like. So they come into class, already have the content knowledge base locked down, and they know exactly what's going to class. That's what I call my clear statement. They know exactly what's going on in the classroom. So when you have a student who is very low at math, and you see them on the board teaching, I take a photograph, send it to the parents, and it changes the whole world. I was never a fan of math. Good. Math was actually my least favorite subject. (laughs) You should have been in Uh, my class. Right? Um, I don't like it. I always say it doesn't like me. Uh Right? I always had a problem with it. How would you have reached me or engaged me? Okay. First of all, I am going to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. So a sense of humor, a dynamic teacher yeah. animated in the classroom, right? Not just you know, spitting out numbers. No, no. Okay. So far, so good. Numbers. I like s- to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Numbers a second. Okay. And I tell the child, mm. hey, listen, I am no better than you. I am not. Mm-hmm. We are the same. The only difference is I know more. More experience. I'm more, more experience. Yeah. Right. That's Research, all it more is. more education. Right. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact... When I was at your level, I was lower than you. I was so low, I didn't know if I was going to make it. Mm. If I can do that, guess what? I'm sure you can. As a matter of fact, go take a break, get a walk, take a walk, come back, and we'll talk again. So you relieve that child of the anxiety. Okay, so I took a break, I took a walk, I took a drink of water, and you're making me laugh. Yes, you okay. come in. Huh. I was like, okay, where are you stuck with the mm-hmm. homework? Mm-hmm. I'm stuck right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take you to the review board over here. Mm-hmm. Just me and you, one-on-one. Okay. Let's do these problems. So while the other kids are working, I'm over here with Johnny, mm-hmm. me and him, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue doing that until Johnny sees progress. Mm-hmm. Now, what I also do with Johnny is that I will see where his weaknesses are. I will pinpoint his weaknesses from seeing him on the board. 
because you, I, it's hard for me to see his weakness on a little piece of paper in front of him. Mm, right. So when he's up here on the board, I can see, even if he's a little shy, I use the review board in the back. Okay. Where no one is like looking at Johnny so he doesn't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I will pinpoint his weaknesses. I say, okay, I see what your weaknesses are. Then I go ahead, I use um, Delta Math. It's, um, what is that? It's a program that you use. For example, if Johnny's having trouble with sign numbers, I can assign to Johnny only sign numbers and he will practice his sign numbers because he doesn't want anyone to know he can't do his sign numbers correctly or he can't do his multiplication i will assign johnny some problems five problems but specifically to his weaknesses specifically but Mm -hmm. he can do 20 Mm -hmm. because each time he gets it wrong it takes him one back okay so he will not be able to come out Mm. until he can get five correct in a row Mm. in a row in a row oh wow by time Johnny and not only that it gives them if he gets it wrong it gives him the full workout hmm. so Johnny now will write out the workout and hand that in to me and he'll get a grade for that so that helps him a lot I'm sure about that because I've used it all the time and I have students telling me writing to me what their weaknesses are and I set them a delta mat to their level without anyone knowing how do you give your students courage to actually let you know what like, their weaknesses are? You know, for example, there are some students who just don't want to tell you what their weaknesses are because they don't want to look weak, you know, or silly, or, or uh, they've got um, their confidence. And so how do you reach your students, you know, make them comfortable enough to actually come to you and say, Mr. Clayton, I need help. Very simple. And those three words are very difficult for a teenager. Yeah, very simple. I need help. It's easy. They come to me with that all the time. Why? How did you make that easy? Because we are a family. Okay. And how did you build that relationship? In the classroom, I tell them, no one laughs at anyone else. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen here, mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, no one is going to fail this class. I'm not going to sit here mm-hmm. and let you, we were going to help you. You will not fail. Mm-hmm. We will not fail? No, because I'm not going to sit here and let you fail. Mm-hmm. If I see you having a difficult time, I have too much methodology and tools in my arsenal to recuperate you from your loss. Right. So that's how I engage any child in the lesson. Mm-hmm. They must be comfortable. Mm-hmm. They must feel like they're part of the family. Mm-hmm. They must not feel left out mm-hmm. because they will remember how you treat them before they remember what you taught them. Of course. When you're comfortable, mm-hmm. as research has shown, it's more easier for you to learn. Right. And you're more open with the teacher because I am not above the child. So if you've managed to reach this far, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're enjoying this episode. And what better way to show me that you're enjoying the podcast than by doing something to support it financially? It's just the right thing to do. You can go to legendaryeducator.com resources to find links to products and services. Using the links aren't going to cost you anything, but I'll get a small kickback for every purchase you made. And if you don't find anything there, you can go to legendaryeducator.com donate and donate as little as $1. So they, they trust you, they have confidence in you as their instructor, as their leader, that you are going to lead them in the path of success. Yeah. Not only there to, I don't know, make their, their lives miserable <laughs> no, or, or, or to 
or to spend a few hours, you know, uh, regrettable hours. No. <laughs> That's not what school is about. Hmm. I'm your teacher even when you're married because I have students call me to invite me to their wedding, their baby shower, hmm. you know. There are kids. Yeah. We always say there are kids. They're, They're my kids. kids. No matter what. Yeah. No always. Matter what. Yeah. And, you know. I always try to, try to make sure that I instill that in them. Mm -hmm. I set up my research, you know, uh, my research that I have for training students how to learn, increasing engagement in students, increasing engagement over time, because it's not something that stops in my class. What did your research find in a nutshell? Obviously, we're not going to read, you know, pages yeah, and no, pages, pages and pages yeah, of your research. Of in a nutshell, in a synopsis, sort of, you know, a couple, in an you know, elevator pitch, if you will. That students are willing to learn if you know how to engage them. I came up with the idea, the philosophy that every child has a bell that needs to be rung. Sometimes you could reach in just a little bit and you find a bell. Sometimes you have to put your whole arm all the way up to your shoulder mm. to find that bell. And when you do find a bell, it rust, it's rusty. So now you got to reach in, get that bell. It hasn't been rung in a while. It hasn't been rung in a mm. while. Mm. So when you reach in and mm. ring that bell, that's all it is. Is how far are you willing to push your arm hmm. to ring the bell? Once you ring that bell and, and it goes off, it never stops ringing. And that's what the research is. Every child who is reluctant to learn can learn. You know why? And we need them to learn. They are our future. Let's take an example of a challenging student with that rusty bell. I mean, not a lot of people <coughs> have been able to you know, reach that bell. What do you do? Very simple. The first thing the child needs is to see a passing grade on a test because mm. they've never had one. So we'll do the worksheet and I'll say to the child, there are 10 problems here. I'm giving back to you five as a test grade or as a quiz grade. We have worked everyone out. All mm. you need to do now is make sure you look at them, practice them over time, practice them, come back and regurgitate it on this paper. That's the first step. They will come back, they re regurgitate, I will put that grade in the grade book. They're like, oh my, I, I got an A and I'll do it again. And then slowly release them. Okay, I'm going to change the numbers on the problem. Mm. It's the same, but I'm going to change the numbers. Mm. Now they're studying because they want to get that. Gradually, without them knowing, they have been totally released. You're putting problems and word problems up and they're getting them correct. And they don't even know. So you're giving them opportunities to feel success yes or to feel achievement a right? sense of fulfillment because, exactly because they don't feel that they've never they, had it not in math hmm. you said you didn't like math I, can you imagine you came in and i gave you three problems that i did the day before you got a hundred on it how would you feel and then i do it again the next time would hmm. you study for it the next time of course and i'm going to do it again and i put those grades in the grade book hmm. and i'm going to do it again until i said okay i'm going to change these number one and two i'm going to change the numbers hmm. Would you study for it still? Sure. Of course you will. When you start seeing that success, hmm. then the students are happy. That's all play for me. One of the highest level that I've seen in my career of student engagement, and you can't do this with a lot of kids, is when the content, say, for example, we're doing chapter eight, mm -hmm. and it has seven sections mm -hmm. inside chapter eight. I will say to the students, okay, we have eight, seven sections in chapter eight. Tell me when, this is the timeline, must give them the timeline. You have three weeks mm. for mm. us to teach this entire content mm. and give a test. I want you amongst yourself to tell me when you want me to teach this lesson, which ones you, you know, 
lesson 8182838485. Tell me how much you want, which day you want it within this timeline, when you want the quiz, and when you want the test. Sit amongst yourself, make that, and let me have it. Right. Do you know how powerful that is? Of course. They are telling me mm -hmm. when they want the quiz, mm -hmm. when they want the review, when they want the test, when they want the section, when they want the homework collected. They are responsible for it because they're the ones who have set yeah. up the times. Exactly. They can't I, say it's too short, it's no. too long, we didn't have enough time. No. I gave That's them a time them. frame. That's on them. I gave them a time frame. Right. You, listen, you want the test on the very... Of course, they take the test on the very last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a time frame. Hmm. Now, the child is responsible for their learning. Right. That's self-directed training. That's mm -hmm. the top level. Mm -hmm. Because some kids do work. It depends on the level of the sure, kids. Sure. Some kids do have basketball, football, you know, outside activities that they are coerced in and different clubs that they right. are a part of. Right. So they, if they can structure it around what they have to do and everybody come to a consensus. Mm. And then if I have two classes or three classes who have the same content, it's no different for all three classes. I myself have what I call a revised lesson plan. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna go even deeper. I have, I think they call the eight R's. Review, redirect, retest, mm. reset. Let me stop there. Mm. So the kids know when they ask the questions, the other students in the class will point to the eight R's. Mr. Clayton, review, review, reteach. Re and I would tell them, reteaching over here, reteaching over here. So like stations, basically, who needs, like, like which level are you at now? If you need reteaching, Teaching. you'll go on the review board. If you need review, or restructuring, re you're going to go this way. If you need redirecting, redirecting you're going to go to the left. Yes, because right. the redirecting is the misconceptions that they make with, with error in error analysis. Okay. So if they're making an error on something, then I redirect the entire class clean their slate hmm. and reshape the slate. And so this happens as a class or as individuals or, um, or small groups? As a class. Hmm. And then depends on where they want. They'll tell me, Mr. Clayton, can you redirect me with this one? Can you reteach? Can you reset? Hmm. And they'll tell you, okay, reset, reset, reset the knowledge. As a teacher, what is your biggest frustration? Very simple. My biggest frustration is when the people who are ahead of me, for example, my administrators, my directors, mm -hmm, whoever, mm -hmm. when they can't see innovation. I could be in the class doing something that they have never seen mm -hmm. and they don't know it's innovative. It's not a traditional classroom. It's not a traditional classroom. Mm -hmm. It's not innovative. Mm -hmm. I've seen where I got called to the office and said, um, we may have to write you up because the kids are all over the place. Mm -hmm. Of course they are. Mm -hmm. One is on the set of board over here, another set is over here, mm -hmm. another set is over here, there's one sitting over here, there's the quiet guy who always sits by himself over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my classroom. And they're all learning in their own way, yeah, and they're, they're all learning. learning at their own pace. At their own pace. Differentiation. Yes. Yeah. It's differentiation on another level. Right. With the eight R's. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm redirecting, reteach, retest, reset, remember. Re mm -hmm. So I'm using the eight R's to get the classroom. So you're not teaching. No, I'm training the students how to learn. As a veteran teacher, what advice would you give a brand new teacher going to, into the classroom next semester? Be careful of deception. Who's? They can be deceived by, by others who pretend to be good. I have seen that happen many times. They're being deceived, but they don't know. Because I can stand back and see the deception. 
like, oh, that teacher shouldn't be telling this new teacher mm. how to run that classroom because you're not really good at that. <laughs> but they are up front and they are saying and they're doing. And I'm sitting back like, okay, wow, I'm going to have to wait till they fall before I pick them up. Because if I go to interject, I'm going to seem as if seems like the bad guy. Right. When I'm actually the good guy. And so careful who you listen to. More than that, be careful what you do with what you listen to. Careful who you trust. More than that, be careful who you trust because they may seem as if it's not a deception. Right. And maybe they themselves don't know they're be they're deceptive. They think they're doing the right thing. Of course, everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. Right. Hey, listen. Well, not everybody. Yeah. I mean, some people are actually deceptive. It's like I can. <laughs> they ask. want to be deceptive. Yes. Right. Yes. I've met. I mean, I've met one or two in my day, <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> and they may want to be good, but. Mm. It's like me asking a student, hey, how do you raise a child? You, do you know they can tell me? Well, should I take the advice from them? But guess what? The advice is probably correct, mm. but the experience is missing. Mm. Be careful who you take good advice from. Thank you, Mr. Clayton, for yeah, your time. You're welcome. Thank you for your knowledge. Yes. Thank you for being a legendary educator. I'm sure your students love you and appreciate all you do for them. Yes. Um, we're not a teacher just in the classroom when the door closes. This goes way beyond. It doesn't even stop. So I have to act like a teacher in mannerism, even when I'm at the supermarket. Because, again, I, I've been to the supermarket and my student is the manager. The cop came in is my student. Right. The robber. And <laughs> 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 They were all in the same class. So, mm. And that's how we do it, you know. Don't teach. Train the child how to learn. And then play with them. All day. Thank you, sir. All day. You're welcome. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Legendary Educator, or you can get in touch with me at LegendaryEducator.com. Next week, we'll have another Legendary episode with a different legendary educator. Class dismissed.